John is that uh, special, unique fan that uh, I don't know if every ball club, every athletic team has that person, but we were very fortunate here in Cleveland to have John Adams. He's a local guy, a 1967 graduate of Parma High School, and um, loved going to Cleveland Stadium to watch his beloved baseball team. And back in those days at Cleveland Stadium, you know, to get the crowd going, fans would bang the seats um, uh, because they were wood and iron and they made a whole lot of noise echoing through that cavernous, that cavernous stadium. And when he decided to find a new home out in the bleachers, he's like, well, I can't hang the seats anymore. I'm sitting on a bench. <laughs> uh, so he decided to, to bring a drum. So we went and bought a $25 drum, and um, the rest is history from 1973 uh, until, unfortunately, his uh, health uh, um became an obstacle for him to attend ball games at Progressive Field. It was 48 years that uh, he only missed like uh, 40 uh, some games uh, in that entire time. So uh, absolutely um, was part of the fabric and the heartbeat of Cleveland baseball. John Adams, again, will go into the Hall of Fame. And, Bobby, did I hear that right, that there's going to be a drum that will be put in the Hall of Fame or something similar? Is that correct? David Deming, an absolute masterful artist, the man who did Lou Boudreaux's statue, Larry Doby's statue, Jim Comey's statue. He's in the midst of actually finishing a statue on uh, um, President Bush and his wife, Barbara, um, for the Presidential Library in Texas. He, he's a Lakewood guy, uh, went to Lakewood High School, ran the Art uh, Institute at the University of Texas in Austin, and he did an incredibly remarkable uh, job doing a replica of John Adams's drum that sits on the actual um, bleacher seats. We took out the seats mm. from the bleachers that John sat in, and we'll put them in Heritage Park, and people can sit on the bench next to the um, uh, replica of the iconic drum. And... I just think people are going to have a lot of fun with that over the next many, 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 many years as we want to make sure we forever remember uh, John and, and his drum at the ballpark. It'll never be recreated. Well, uh, that's for sure. And he was the rallying cry for so many rallies during the years at the stadiums uh, for the Indians and now the Guardians. Other aspect I wanted to touch to you this morning, Senior VP with us, by the way, Bobby DiBiaseo. Hey, Bobby, uh, brought to you by JW Dodato Electric is the new schedule. Uh, came out yesterday. We open up on the road seven games. Uh, first home opener, it's April 7th. But it's a new format with the schedule, Bobby, where we're going to play every team next year. And this is a first time. Can you go down that road for me? 
Yes, I think this has been in discussion for a number of years. Um, you know, trying to balance what fans want. How do you create divisional rivalries? Uh, the debate, the debate was, was very, uh, animated for a number of years because currently we play 18 or 19 games against our own division, making divisional play the most important thing in baseball because you win your division, you're automatically in the postseason, you have to worry about wild card slot. They decided to go against that 18, 19 games versus uh, each divisional opponent, cut it back to 13, which means each team will only make two visits within your division uh, to your home ballpark instead of three, like in the past. So uh, now it's opened up and we will play all other 29 MLB teams on a home-and-home basis. So, for example, next year's schedule has us in New York City twice, once with the Yankees, once with the Mets. Next year and in in the following year, in 2024, both the Yankees and Mets will be in Cleveland. So um, over a two-year period, you will travel to some teams, but those teams that you travel to, they will turn around and come to your home park the very next year. So the 2023 calendar uh, schedule for us has the Marlins and the Rockies, uh, the Dodgers. I'm just looking over it real quickly here to see some Philadelphia. Um, Cincinnati, of course, will keep that, that rivalry going. The St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, um, this year, or next year, I should say, uh, we get the Yankees early instead of over the July holiday like we did this this season. Um, they'll be part of the very first homestand uh, out of the box when we play Seattle and the Yankees uh, uh, with opening day on Friday the 7th. You know, the one thing now, folks, uh, to look at it, Baseball is now where the NFL and the NBA is. They have different conferences. They have divisions. But in the NFL, they don't play every team every year, but they play everybody. And then when you look at the NBA, they play every team in the league. So Major League Baseball's made those scheduling adjustments. I think it opens it up. Uh, you know, to me personally, 18, 19 games against those same teams in the division, maybe a little too much. I think it'll be refreshing to see all the teams at some point in the next couple of years coming into progressive field. The other thing I wanted to talk about, Bobby, is, and you and I were talking the other night, how exciting this young baseball team is, and they're really peaking. The bullpen is in full bore right now. The starters are pitching well. The leadership by Bieber and Jose Ramirez, and the kids aren't slowing down. It's really a fun team to watch, sweeping San Diego into Seattle for the weekend. Past four months, Ray, we... We've watched the youngest team in baseball create an identity, and I think that has been the most fun of all. Um, it's based on a, a brand of baseball some may call old school. You know, we put the ball in play. We don't strike out. We pitch and catch it. Uh, we run the bases aggressively and hard. We play um, hard so hard all nine innings. Um, 
it's just uh, been so much fun to watch uh, this team create that identity and grow and develop. They've grown and developed not only as a team, but as individuals. Uh, that has been really fun to watch. Uh, you know, guys like Stephen Kwan and Oscar Gonzalez coming up from the minor leaguers, draft picks, and making a big league impact. See, and Andre Jimenez become a star. Hosey just continuing to be an MVP caliber player. Our pitching staff rounded into shape. It uh, It's pretty awesome as we sit four games up on both the uh, – the Twins and the White Sox, as we sit here on August 25th, the Twins have lost five in a row. One thing that people wondered about us, we're 33 and, and 26 against teams with a, a 500 or better record. So we're, we're doing well against the, the big boys, as they say, this week. And is going to be a real interesting one. Seattle's a terrific ball club. Jerry DePoto. Mm-hmm. Former Cleveland pitcher Jerry DePoto is the general manager of the Mariners and uh, has done a really good job constructing that baseball team. It'll be fun connecting with him as uh, uh, we're going to head out to uh, Seattle um, to check in on, on the team this weekend. So it's going to be real fun being at Safeco Park and, and uh, two really good ball. Uh, clubs going at it. Well, the Guardians are refreshing, if you ask me, for Major League Baseball. Instead of the strikeout or home run style that we see all over baseball, you're seeing, as Bobby termed it, kind of old school. You run the bases hard, you put the ball in play, things can happen, and that's what they're doing. My friend Bobby, thank you for the visit, as always, for Hey Bobby each week. We'll, we'll reconvene next week with another episode. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you, Ray. Take care, buddy. Go Guardians.